Yay, God. <laughs> Yay, God. Is God good? All the time. All the time? Amazingly. Amazingly great. So I have this message, Kent knows, I have been so excited to share this. I love it when he just kind of stirs up in there and just kind of bubbles up and gets me excited. And I know it's all because the Holy Spirit is ready to to give this to you guys. And it has come through the last several weeks when I've been here. And Pastor Tim has been sharing nuggets, little nuggets of different things that have just been very impactful. And they've settled in my heart and... um, and that's basically where the, the basis of this all comes from. The title of this message is Freely Receive, Freely Give. Freely Receive, Freely Give. And I want to start with Hosea 4, verse 6. If you guys have Bibles, I do turn my own Bible. So if you have yours, go ahead and open with me. Hosea 4, 6. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard one to find, so it might take me a minute. There it is. Um, This is a scripture that Pastor Tim read last week. And like I said, almost everything that I'm sharing tonight has been just stirred in my heart through teaching that has gone on through this ministry in the last few weeks. So 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. First line says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that word knowledge refers to experience. Knowledge comes through experience. Knowledge comes through encounter with God. And the scripture says, my people perish or are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And then it says, or because they haven't received knowledge. Now, as I was meditating on this, I, I do this a lot. I just stop and talk to God about it, especially if it's one of those like, ah, God, that one kind of hurts. Can you help me with this one? And when I was meditating on it, God showed me how to reverse it. And read it in the positive instead of in the negative. So let me show you what I mean. The first thing I did was I looked up that word destroyed. And I looked up the antonym of destroyed. The antonym of destroyed is restore. Now listen to this. My people are restored with knowledge of my promises. My people are restored. Destroyed means you're broken down, you're broken down, you're broken down. But restored means you're built up and built up and built up. My people. He was speaking to the church, the covenant people. Covenant people had the potential to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. But they also, as they gain knowledge, as they experience the promises of God, as they encounter him, they're restored. My people are restored with knowledge of my precious promises. And then I just kept going. Because you have received my promises, I receive you into my royal priesthood. Because you have received my promises. I receive you into my royal priesthood. 
The word receive is an active word, not a passive word. In the New Testament, I'm going to share a, a, a scripture later on that uses the same word in the New Testament. And in the Greek, it means the word receive means have taken. It's not a passive word where you just sit back and wait for something to come upon you. The word receive is an active word where you take what it is that is given to you. When you receive it, you take it. So this scripture, my people are restored with knowledge because you have received knowledge. I receive you into my royal priesthood because my word is engrafted into the depth of your heart. I also will remember your children. God says that that knowledge is a potent part of receiving. I want to receive. I want to receive. So today what I'd like to share, freely receive, freely give. What I would like to share is how to establish yourself in a place of receiving. Think about a plant in a, in a fertile environment. A plant needs some stuff to grow. It needs soil. It needs water. It needs fertilizer. It needs sunshine. It needs all those things in order to, to grow and to grow well. It needs to be in a good environment. I believe that it is important for us to, to, in that process of taking or receiving all that God has for us, to take a, an active role. And that involves establishing yourself in an environment for receiving. And I want to talk about three levels of that environment. The first level that I have gained through experience, I've lived this, but that first level is to have a mentor. A mentor. A faith mentor. Somebody who you can go to and talk to at any time about life, about what it is that you're dealing with, about your questions, about your concerns, about those times when you're just crying and you don't know how to stop. A mentor is so powerful. I had a mentor when I was first diagnosed with cancer. I didn't seek to find a mentor. That's not what I was doing. But I, when I look back, I see that I did. The lady that led me to the Lord, Jen, many of you know Jenny. I talk about her a lot. Beautiful young teacher in my school. She was my mentor. She was the one who I went to with questions. She's the one that prayed with me and agreed with me and, you know, and just helped me a lot. I've had different mentors in my, in my life as a Christian. Pastor Tim, I consider you my mentor. We come from an amazing faith church, Life Christian Church. But in my church, we don't have a healing ministry. The, well, we do. Now we do. Kent and I do. But we birthed it from the ground up. We didn't have pastors that had healing ministries. They believed in healing. They prayed over us in healing. They taught it from the pulpit. But they weren't there to mentor me. They were a pastor. They had a whole flock. Pastor Tim, you're my mentor. I tell people that all the time. That he has been my mentor. That's why I'm here every Tuesday that we're in town. That's why we're here. Because we continuously want to feed on God's word and to be built up so that we can go out and give. Freely receive. Freely give. 
I have another mentor that I consider very important in my life, and that is a friend that's on our ministry team, Fran Veers. Many of you know Fran. In the, in this, in this, the place that I'm at, we, we are in different places at different seasons. And the place that I'm at right now, I want somebody, and I was telling this to you, Pat, I want somebody who's gonna sometimes be really firm and say, Cindy, this is what you need to do. And sometimes when I'm dealing with something myself, I need that. I tend to be a, a gentler, um, uh, mentor kind of person. Here comes the rain. <laughs> but sometimes we need that. And Fran is that for me. So a mentor is very, very important. So that's the first level. The second level that I believe is an important, put uh, something that you need to establish yourself in an environment for receiving that knowledge. The second is a small group. I consider this a small group. This healing meeting is a small group environment. Our healing meeting is a small group. It might be a Bible study in a home. When I was diagnosed with cancer, Kent and I went to a small group. And it was in a home. There were only six or eight people there. But that was so powerful for me. I needed it. I was surrounded with people who believed like me, who prayed for me, who knew my situation, and who were there all the time to build me up, to pray for me when they when I wasn't there, to pray for me during the week. Um, to, I could ask questions. I could uh, uh, have great discussions. You can't do that on su- on a Sunday in a church where there's you know. Lots of people and a pastor and a lot. You just can't do that. A small group is a powerful place to grow. There's a lot of growing that goes on in a small group environment. The third level that is critical is to belong to a church, to join a church, to be a part of a church whose doctrinal beliefs and actions agree with the word of God. Now, there's a whole lot of good churches out there, and I'm not saying it has to be one or another. There's a lot of good ones. But I believe with all my heart that it needs to agree with God's word, that it needs to agree with what you're feeding yourself. Remember, we're talking about people perish from lack of knowledge. In the Hi, Jalen. Or Yvonne, Jolyn, I can't believe I called you the wrong name. Hi, sweetie. Mwah. Hi, Dad. Sorry to, to interrupt you. That's okay. Me. Come on in. In the, in the church home that I was in when I was diagnosed, they didn't teach about healing. They didn't believe that it was always God's will to heal. That wasn't a healthy environment for me to receive healing. I continued in that church for a season until God released me because I wasn't ready to just step out. But when God released me, I did. And we went to Life Christian where we're at now, and we're now in a church home that is very consistent with God's word. So those three levels, a mentor, a small group, and a church. In fact, I'd like to look right now at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. As I was um, just meditating on this this topic, I read the scripture, and God spoke to me that this is what his church does. This is what his church looks like. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit... And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. 
But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, when we are in an environment, whether it is in your own private time with God or whether it's with your your mentor or your small group or your church, but when you're in a place where you are beholding the word, beholding the truth, it, it, it's a mirror effect as you see the truth that you become what you're seeing. You become what you behold. My church teaches that it is God's will to heal. Pastor Tim's meeting teaches that it is God's word to heal, and it's all from the word of God. As we behold the word, we increase. This is good. We increase from one level of glory to another. In his image, we increase in looking more and more like what the word says. That's why we see healings. That's why we see lives changed. That's why we see salvations. That's why we see what Jesus saw when he was walking on the earth. Because we are soaking in this place of of the word and the truth. And it says right here that the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Freedom from all that stuff that is attached or trying to attach itself to us. So... Some more little nuggets about our part in any of those positions as you, with your mentor, with your small group, with your church. First of all, be teachable. Be teachable. You know, as I, um, as I have been moved with some of the teachings that Pastor Tim has brought freely receive a couple weeks ago this scripture people perish from lack of knowledge last week you shared and another one that i'm going to share in a minute that you shared last week those things were just stirring in my heart god was speaking to me it is so important to come ready to receive No matter where you're at, whether this is the first time you've ever heard a message like this, or whether you've been hearing this message for 35 years, or a similar message, a message of truth. But wherever you are, be teachable. Ask God. I love a scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 near the end. I think it's verse 17 or 18. And it says, open the eyes of my heart. So and, and shine a light on there so that I have revelation. I'm just paraphrasing. But that's, that's what the, the scripture says. And I pray that all the time. Beware. If you hear these words coming out of your mouth, I already know that. Turn off the brain. Go somewhere else. Beware. If you say, I already know that, or I've already heard that, or that's not new to me. Just be cautious of that. Don't become familiar. Every day is fresh and new with God and with his word. So be teachable. Secondly, ask questions. Ask questions. If you have questions, ask. That's why small groups are such a great environment. This meeting is a great environment. There's a lot of people in here that you can ask. 
anybody that has a badge on, feel free to ask them your questions. We were here early tonight, and Pat and Janet, we had a great conversation. But they were just asking, and we could just sit and chat about God's stuff. It just builds you up. So ask questions. Number three, talk about what you're learning. These are just little nuggets to get the most out of gaining knowledge. Because with knowledge, you are restored. So another nugget, talk about what you're learning. Talk about it. Go home, talk about it. Talk about it with your sister. Talk about it with your husband. Talk about it with anybody who will listen. Our founding pastor, Pastor Sarah, has has told us that. We've been in the church for 12 years now. And she's told us that. She says, whatever you hear when you come to church, you go home and you tell somebody about it. And that's powerful. I liken it to putting Miracle Grow on flowers. I go, my flowers in the middle of July, August are starting to look really not so pretty. So it's like, oh, they need some Miracle Grow. Go pour that stuff on and watch and come back to life. That's what... It does when you talk about it. It's, it grows it in you. It fertilizes it. Those seeds that you have, that have been sown get fertilized when you talk about it. As a teacher, I know the power of teaching. I am so blessed to be able to teach all the time. And it, it I, my heart is to give the gospel and to spread the gospel. But boy, it does more than that because it does something in my heart every time I share it. So talk about it. Go and tell somebody what it is that you're learning. Another nugget, pray with and for others. Corporate prayer. Oh, it's awesome. We usher in the presence of God we, we, there's power in prayer. And when you go out and pray, when you reach out and pray for others, oh, it is, it, again, one of those booster shots for your own, um, growing with God. So pray for and with others. Another one is to praise and worship with others. Corporate praise and worship. It is a powerful spiritual warfare. Now I'm going to get real, and it might, it might be an ouch, but I'm going to say it anyway. Praise and worship is awesome. You might not like it. There are people who don't like the loud music. There are people who don't like the, that part of the service, and they choose to come late. My husband's an usher at our church, so he's not always, uh, he's not always in the church. Sometimes he's out in the lobby. And he says, you can't believe how many people come after praise and worship. They're missing out on this amazing opportunity. First of all, God says, praise him. But second of all, it is spiritual warfare. It is a time to be fed. People perish from lack of knowledge, but people are restored with knowledge. And that knowledge comes through encounter. It comes through experience. In that praise and worship atmosphere, there is encounter with Jesus. It's powerful. And I guarantee you, when you go to heaven, you're going to be praising and worshiping a lot. So practice now. Praise and worship corporately. It is powerful. Those are all things to do with others. But what about by yourself? In your alone time, in your alone time, fill your time constructively. 
whatever you feed on the most will predominate. Right, Pastor Tim? Whatever you feed on the most will predominate in your life. So do you have a healthy spiritual diet or not? Little nuggets, read the Bible every day. My friend Jenny told me that. It seemed so, uh, it sounds so basic, but I had never read the Bible. It changed my life. Read the Bible every day. Make it a priority. Make it a priority before checking your iPhone. Make it a priority before checking the weather. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. Read the Bible. Meditate on his promises. Fran and Tim constantly, constantly encourage us to look in the word for a promise that that God's speaking to us about the situation that we're that we're walking in. Must have a leak in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. So find that scripture and meditate. Meditate on his word. Meditate on his promises. That's nice. (laughs) The next one. That's okay, honey. Yeah. Kent's going to get something else for it to come in. He's my everything guy. He does everything. So read the word. Meditate on the word. Pray. Pray. Talk to God. Set aside a time to to pray. I have to share a a short God incident that just, oh, bless me so much. Those of you who have iPhones, you know what FaceTime is. If you don't have an iPhone, it's basically a video. It's a phone call. It's super simple. You just push FaceTime instead of call. And when the other person answers, you see them. And it's like a little video. Well, as a grandma who has kids that live on the other side of the country, I love FaceTime. I love it. One morning about a month ago, I sat down to pray. And as soon as I sat down in my prayer chair, the Holy Spirit just joined me. And the love of God just totally, totally enveloped me. It was just really, really awesome. And within five minutes after I'd gotten out of bed, no makeup, no coffee, I'm sitting there. I was weeping because of the goodness of God. And I said, God, why? Why did you bless me like this? I didn't do anything. There's people all over who are praying. Why did you just show up in this way today? And this is what he told me. He said, I couldn't wait to FaceTime with you. He said, when I, when I FaceTime with my baby boy, I dial the number, and then it says, it says dialing or something? No, not yet. First it says calling. And I look at that word, and as soon as it changes to connecting, I know that he's coming on. My baby's going to be there. And I get so excited. He's, he's going to be there. And then he, you know, I see my baby boy, and he's smiling and you know, doing all the things he does. And that's what Father God said to me. He says, I'm just waiting for that, to, for FaceTime to say, connecting. I can't wait to FaceTime with you. So pray. Read the Bible. Pray. Meditate on his word. Praise and worship him on your own. Praise and worship him on your own. Put on your music, in your home, in your car, when you're walking, when you're on the treadmill. Praise and worship Jesus the healer. Feed on testimonies. Pastor Tim has given us really good um, examples 
of the power of the testimony. Testimonies build us up. When we watch testimonies, when we listen to testimonies, they grow us up in a great way. And in their prophetic So as we watch or listen or read testimonies, it is a prophetic word from God for us. And he says, that's my will for you. It's our heritage. It builds us up in a way that a lot of other things don't. So feed on testimonies and feed on good teaching of the word. Creflo Dollar, we were talking before this meeting. Good teaching. If you're not sure who who's good out there, because there are, uh, we definitely have um, teachers of the word that teach with great truth. If you're not sure who that might be, please ask somebody with a badge, and we will give you some really good people that you can listen to with podcasts or on TV or or radio or some of those things. So all of those are little nuggets on gaining knowledge. And I want to use an example before I go on to my um, the next scripture. The example I'd like to share, and I sure wish she would have been here. She's here every week, but she's on vacation this week. But the example I want to share right now is Kathy Bandall. How many of you know who Kathy is? A lot of you do. Okay. I wish she was here because I would love you to see her face right now. This woman... I have watched go through a journey from the very beginning uh, when she received a diagnosis, actually a, re- a diagnosis of reoccurrence of cancer, to now. She has grown and been restored in a very powerful way because the word is true. And the word says... Well, the word says people perish from lack of knowledge, but when you reverse it, it says people are restored with knowledge. And that's what I've seen happen in her. She has been restored in such a great way. She has been built back up instead of being knocked down. And she's going through a big, serious issue with her body. But you would never know it. She is so strong. She is strong in him and in the power of his might. I have seen her. I know she has a mentor because I am one of her mentors. She has two of them. She has two mentors. She attends small group and she attends small group and she attends more small groups. Like almost every day of the week. She made a decision to join a church that, that teaches the doctrine of the Bible. The full doctrine of the Bible. And she made a change That was a very big decision, a very prayerful decision that she made. We absolutely didn't tell her to do that. But over time, we saw that happen. She has developed an immense prayer life, praise life, meditation life. And we have seen restoration of a new woman being birthed right before us. And it's not just for Kathy. I could say the same thing for Yvonne. I could say the same thing for Val. I could say the same thing for Kent and I. So many of us have started at ground zero. And Father God has met us right where we're at and and just built us up. So, freely receive, freely give. Whatever you freely received... I want to encourage you to give. Is it salvation? Is it peace that you have received? 
Is it strength, supernatural strength that you've received? Is it healing that you've received? Is it nuggets of truth? Whatever it is, God says, freely you have received, freely give. I'd like to share another scripture now, Isaiah 52, verse 7. This is another one that Pastor Tim shared last week. I love the scripture. Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful upon the feet, uh, on the mountains, are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace. That word peace is shalom. God says, I love it when my kids go around proclaiming peace. I love it when they talk about the good news. I love it when they talk about how God is taking good care of them. That word peace, that word shalom, is the word completeness, soundness in body, welfare, health, nothing missing, nothing broken. God is so blessed when we share peace. And I'm going to share about you, Sharon, right now. I didn't, I didn't give her a heads up. But I see you doing that, girl. I see you doing it. I see you sharing peace. I see you as a witness to Jesus in the, ma- in the midst of the journey you're going through. You're walking through it in peace. You are being a witness to God, and you're doing what the Scripture says. He said, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. And you're saying, God's taking good care of me. You're telling that to people. You're living it with a smile on your face. That is a powerful witness. No matter where you're at, God says, freely receive. You've received peace. Freely give. It says, how Beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings of good things and who proclaims salvation. That word salvation in the Hebrew is Yeshua. The name for Jesus. How blessed are the feet of him who proclaims Yeshua, Jesus, salvation. The name Jesus means salvation, deliverance, and victory. Pastor Tim proclaims Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Proclaim Jesus. And all that Jesus came to do and all that Jesus came to give. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. The name Zion is a name for the for Jerusalem. It's another name for Jerusalem. And the word Zion means parched place. God says how beautiful it is when you go to the parched place and say your God reigns. How beautiful it is when you go to the person who's oppressed and depressed and and in pain and you say Oh no, that has to go. Because guess what? God reigns over that thing. God's so much bigger. He reigns. He's 
got it handled. <laughs> in my walk at the very beginning when I was diagnosed with cancer, Jen was my person with these feet. <laughs> Jen was my person who proclaimed salvation, who proclaimed the good news, who proclaimed peace, who proclaimed to me the parched place that God reigns. And now that's what I do. That's what I do. I carry that forward. But it doesn't have to be with preaching from, you know, when Pastor Tim asked you to preach. That doesn't, it can be with the, the sister that needs the phone call. It can be with the, the baby that needs prayer. So many of you prayed for my granddaughter. She is completely well and home and healthy and strong. Yes, thank you, Lord. You can proclaim God's word so many places in everyday life. In everyday life. Turn with me to Mark 16. I have just a couple more scriptures and we're going to close. Mark 16. Here's some good news. You may say, I don't know, Cindy. You know, it's one thing to receive. It's another thing to give. I'm not qualified. You may think that, but look at what God says. Verse 20, 16, verse 20. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. They didn't do the work. They just shared the news. God did the work. God confirmed the word with signs and wonders. That's what we see in Kathy. We have simply been sharing the word. And God is confirming his word in her life. We see salvations. We see people gaining peace in the midst of their battle. We see people where they were in pain and they're no longer in pain. We see baby girls who come home from the hospital healthy. We see the... the, the the gift of God confirming his signs, confirming his word with signs as we just share. Matthew 10, verse 8. Matthew 10, verse 8. And it says, this is when Jesus sent out the apostles He sent them out. He gave them power. He gave them authority. And he told them in verse 8, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. In this scripture, that word received means have taken. Jesus said, freely you have taken. Freely give. Freely. We have taken what God has given to us. It is offered. It is the potential for every one of his kids to have an abundance of life. But as we have taken it, as we have knowledge, as we receive knowledge, we take that truth into our own hearts. And as we have taken it, Jesus says, freely give it. Kathy, the same Kathy, 
On Thursday nights, remember I said she has a small group almost every night? On Thursday nights, she does street ministry. Yeah. Yes. She goes with Generation One. It's a great church in Rochester. Remember I said there's lots of great churches. She goes with Generation One, and she pairs up, just like Jesus did here in the Scripture. He sent the apostles out two by two. Then he sent the 70 out two by two. And in Rochester, they go out two by two. And they just walk the streets, and they look to see people who might need prayer. And they stop, and they pray. Freely we receive freely give. That's what she's doing. Now, I'm not saying you need to do street ministry. I don't do street ministry. Maybe I will one of these days. But reach out in that place that God has you. Maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe it's in your with your neighbor. Maybe it's in the store when you see somebody who has a need. But wherever it is, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. In in, um, the first scripture I read, Hosea 4, 6, it says, because you have received my promises, this is my version, this is the the positive um, paraphrase, because you have received my promises, I receive you into my royal priesthood. Mm, That's who we are. That's who we are. As the saints, as children of God, we are a member of the royal priesthood. This is how I would like to close. Um, I would like to do an, an impartation. An impartation is simply when we, we pray, God, what's in my heart? Just pass it on. Pass it on. That hunger to share the gospel, just pass it on, God. I would like to, uh, pray a scripture with you, a declaration with you, and have you repeat it after me. And I'm just going to pray a blessing, a blessing of impartation. So first, would you please repeat after me? This is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. If you want to write that down, Ephesians 6, verse 19 and 20. And just repeat, please. I pray that freedom of utterance may be given me. That I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news, the gospel, for which I am an ambassador. I pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to do. Good. Now, would you please stand? And I want you to just put your hands out like you want to receive. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father God, I'm just going to pray this. You just receive it. Father God, bless their feet as they bring the good news to the sick, to the lost, and to the broken. Father God, bless their hands as they lay them on the sick. And see the sick healed. Father God, bless their tongue as they share the good news. As they proclaim peace. As they bring glad tidings of good things. As they proclaim salvation. Father God, bless their mind. May it be continuously renewed with your precious word. 
And Father God, bless their heart. May they know your heart, your compassion, your love, and then pour it out in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs>